It's my podcast today. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. All right, there it is. I got it out on the third time. Hey, everybody. It is Monday evening, 7 o'clock p.m., I hope you're doing well. Uh, You should probably be at home for dinner by now or you're on the drive home uh, for those of you that start start a little bit later. Uh, My name's Andre. I am both the host and the founder um, of this particular podcast, BSTL, which stands for Building Something That Lasts. And by the way, I want to thank you all. Uh, We're really starting to climb with subscribers. You know, I didn't realize that I just had to say it, um, and I'm learning because this is a new journey for me, this podcast. Um, I got to say it out loud. Please go ahead and subscribe, whether you are watching this I shouldn't say watching it, listening to it on RSS or Amazon or um, iTunes um, or, yeah, Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever it is that you are locking in from, please go ahead and subscribe there. And um, that'll help to boost us and that'll help to continue to stretch us. Uh, By the way, I want to just say this. um, I'm excited. Like, we're starting to get into um, a bunch of different countries. I just want to highlight one uh, today. Um, And I never thought that I'd get into this country, not because it's so far away, but just I'm excited. Um, Look, Trinidad and Tobago, welcome to the podcast. I've been looking uh, to see where we're going around the world. We're in South America, of course. We're in North America. We're also in Europe. Uh, Recently, I've seen that we've picked up a couple of spots uh, in the continent of Africa, um, a couple of places in Asia, inclusive of the Philippines. So um, we're starting to get out there. So I am excited, but I want to highlight Trinidad, uh, sweet uh, Trinidad. I don't know if I said it right, but anyways, uh, welcome uh, to this platform. We're happy to have somebody that's from out there um, with this group. So anyways, um, today I want to have a conversation with you. And um, I think this is going to be a good conversation, uh, it's some, something to think about. Um, I got I got it in my hand. Um, there's a book that I've been reading um, for, I think, the third time now. Um, I really like this book. Uh, it's entitled The Eight Essentials for Catalysts, um, Becoming a Change Leader. Uh, the author, his name is Brad Lomenick. And I've been reading this um, with any of the boards that I've had an opportunity to uh, serve on for the last several years. So this is one of the books that I really, really do like. Um, A lot of good nuggets in here, um, but there's something in particular um, based on our conversation um, today that we're going to have, like, do you know the assignment? That's the title of this uh, episode, Do You Know the Assignment? So I'm in the chapter that talks about hopeful, right? And um, I'm just going to read a short blurb from it, um, and then I'm just going to talk a little bit about that once I've read the blurb. Um, The author says, leaders are dealers of hope, and we must give it away constantly and without bias. If a leader wants to make a mark on this world, he or she must have a compelling vision for his or her work. It must be hopeful and inspiring, just as every leader should have a personal calling statement, he or she also needs to have a personal legacy statement. And really, um, as we start today, 
I like this. I like this part of the book. Um, let me explain to you why. Um, I think that as leaders, sometimes we can get caught up on where we are working and what it is that we're doing to the point that we forget uh, that our current um, experience, work experience, whether you are an entrepreneur or working uh, for somebody, uh, the reality is, is that you've got to be clear on who you are in terms of what is it that you're going to bring to the table. Now, let me explain it a little bit further in light of this quote that I've now read. So one of the challenges that I think that we have as leaders, especially when we work for someone, is that the moment we get hired on, um, there is this t uh, tendency uh, to almost lose yourself in the employment that you now sit in, right? So, you know, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, some of you may only work three days on and four days off, whatever it looks like, whatever your, your work schedule is, that's not what's important. What's important here is, are you clear on why it is you are who you are and therefore, how does that connect then to what you're doing in terms of where you are employed or where you are the entrepreneur or the owner or the founder, whatever that looks like? And maybe the reason why this is important is because if you understand, you know, what your own personal statement is, like this is who I am and this is what I'm, I know I bring to the table, this is the vision of who I am and what I will be no matter where I am, then it makes it easier for you to become comfortable no matter what space you're sitting in. Okay, now let me sit, try and say it another, word, another way. In other words, what I'm saying to you is every single person has a calling on their life. And I know that not everybody believes that. And of course, you know, once upon a time I was young and uh, one of the most um, difficult things to navigate was that last year of high school. Um, in those days here in Toronto, we had this thing called OACs. For those of you that are as old as I am or a little bit younger than me, but definitely older, you'll know uh, that we used to do high school for five years instead of four. And your fifth year, your final year, as long as you had all of your credits, um, that was actually a replacement for um, the first year of university. I guess um, in those days, um, educators believed that, you know, maybe high school students uh, would not be as mature or mature enough. And so therefore they could use an extra year of classes that would almost give them advanced standing in university and allow them to be more prepared for whatever would happen uh, depending on what university you went to. So the thing is, is that what makes that stage of life difficult is most people don't talk to you about where you're going. And of course, I know in the educational system, most high schools would have a guidance counselor and the guidance counselor would look at your grades and see what you were doing good at and say, maybe you might do well at this or ask you what you were doing or what your passion was. And, and the truth is, I'm not sure that at 18 or 19, uh, you really have this thing mapped out, right? Like all you know is like, I've got to graduate. I've got to move on to post-secondary education, but really being clear on who you are as a person and therefore what you'll bring to the table and what you're going to build towards, I think that that's a very difficult time as a, a, a person unless you've already got that stuff mapped out. And I think most of us do not. 
So here's the thing, fast forwarding, let's assume that you've finished, you've graduated, you've moved on, you've done all of the training, all of the um, credits, all of the whatever it is that you need to do in order to be in a position to work wherever you're working. I think that when you walk into any space, whether it's your first time, your second time, your 12th time, you've got to be clear on what it is that you bring to the table. Now, let me tell you why. And of course, this is my opinion. Whenever we as leaders walk into a space, you're going to, to, to identify the fact that there are other people that are already there that are already doing well, right? Um, and I want to make the assumption that a lot of leaders are doing well. So now you walk into this space and you are now no longer a part of the general team. You now have this new role that you have to uh, work within uh, the context of whatever's required of you. But you look around the room and, and he and or she, they've got some other skill sets. Uh, they know how to use technology better or they might be better communicators or they might be better with numbers. Whatever it is that they do that perhaps you don't have necessarily as a skill set, it kind of sets them apart a little bit differently than it does you. So now here's what happens. If you are not clear on who you are and what you bring to the table, and by the way, um, by default, you have to remember that if you are in the room, then somebody has already identified the fact that you've got something that you've got to offer that the others don't have. And how do you know that, Andre? Well, if other individuals had the same uh, um, skill sets that you do, then there wouldn't be a need to have you in the room. And I know that this sounds a little bit um, familiar uh, to when we were talking about your odd being your ad. That's not this conversation, right? So we're not talking about what makes you distinctively different. What we're really talking about in today's conversation is you've got to be clear on what it is that you will be doing as a continuum as you lead, not just in your current um, context, but wherever it is that you decide to go above and beyond that. Now, why is that important? Well, if you walk into this room and there's a bunch of people who have different skill sets and everybody celebrates them and you look to them for being the standard for what success looks like, then here's what you begin to do. You begin to become a little bit jealous. Um, you begin to uh, play down um, some of the specific skill sets that you have that uh, may be able to be used in this situation. And therefore, the reason why you've now been placed into the room, uh, you no longer function that way because now you've got to scramble because everybody else uh, seems to have these other things going on for them. And because you may perceive that, hey, I don't want to be left behind, I now need to become just like them. Now, if you've got this personal vision thing happening for you, for your life, and you're clear on it, and remember, your personal vision doesn't start at the point of employment. It starts at the point where you recognize this is what I do well. So, all right, let me just personalize it. And most times I don't do that, but maybe for today, uh, for the sake of this conversation. So as a leader, one of the things that I've identified especially as I'm looking both forward and backward and I'm looking um, at where I am in, in my most immediate context, one of the things that I have come to discover is that I am an individual that is often 
placed in different spaces when it's time for change to happen. Okay. Now, what that means is, is that I often don't necessarily get the opportunity of working uh, in spaces where all of the pieces are put together. And when I say pieces put together, it doesn't mean that there's not something well that's happening, right? So I don't want to create this conversation that makes it sound like, you know, Andre is like some kind of savior. No, no, no. I'm not a savior. But what I do recognize is that in my context, in almost every single uh, job that I've ever worked in, and led in, I have often found that when it is time for some some type so for some type of uh, substantial change to happen, in walks Andre into the room. Well, the reason why this is important is those of us that do a lot of change management and strategic planning, uh, it's not that easy. It's it's actually very difficult, right? Because when you walk into a space. And you know that there is change that needs to happen, you better put on your seatbelt and pull up your pants and make sure you got your big boy briefs on or your big girl panties on, whatever that looks like for you. You've got to make sure that you're clear that when you walk into the space, you're actually going to become the symbol of adjustment and 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 change and modification and reinforcing some things and also scrapping some things as well. So when you walk into a space and you understand that your personal vision thing is, I am here because at this appointed time, there is some type of substantial change that needs to happen. And of course, I'm personalizing this. Then you understand that when there is resistance that comes as a result of you walking into the room, that's not an opportunity for you to retreat. That's an opportunity for you to push forward and push forward with all your might and with all your strength. And I know somebody's going to say, well, you know, it's not just you as the leader, you've got a team. Yes, we do have a team. And I'm not ready yet to start talking about building teams yet. That's going to come in another series. Uh, but for now, I think it's important that we understand, that you understand, um, based on where we are in this conversation today, that unless you are clear on what it is that you bring to the table, everybody else's table is going to look much more substantial and significant in comparison to you. So again now, whenever I walk into a space, I already know, even if I'm not 100% clear on the context or the culture to which I'm engaging in, I know that when I arrive, I'm going to have a bumpy ride for the first portion of it because I have to help the leaders that are already there to see and understand this may be the direction um, to which we need to go in based on where we are right now and based on what the future may look like based on also me as the leader working with other leaders. So you have to be clear um, on your assignment, on who you are, because without it, you will not become the symbol of hope. And I think this is part of what the author Brad Lomenick is talking about, is that when you enter into a situation that is difficult, where you have to navigate and show people and reinforce specific values and re-articulate the mission and the vision and the core values and create objectives over and over, think about it now. Um, somebody that's been working there uh, for 10, 15, 40 years, when you walk in and you now say, okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, 
based on where you are now, this is what we're going to have to do. Um, it can be a little bit unnerving to those individuals. It can be, uh, it can create and cause a little bit of anxiety uh, to individuals that have just barely come to understand what it is that they're supposed to be doing. And now here you come saying, all right, it's time for change to happen one more time. Now, as a leader, please don't lose hope. Uh, some of those faces that don't smile with you in that moment, don't be discouraged. They're not smiling at you because they're upset with the change that you're bringing. They may have that face because they're not 100% clear on how are you planning on making these changes happen since we are already comfortable in how we do what we do. So here's what you have to do, leader. You have to be clear on who you are, and then you have to be clear on where do you now fit within this puzzle piece? Um, because it's not your responsibility, right, to come in there and do all things. And yes, I know I'm talking a little bit about visioning right now, but again, we're going to come to that later on. Uh, but you've got to be clear on how you're going to do it, and maybe not so much just how you're going to do it, but you've also got to take a look at who you're going to do it with. Um, one of my favorite books, and I didn't know I was going to talk about it today, i got to be honest with you, um, but the author's, uh, the title of that book is Who, uh, Not How. You know, uh, this daunting task of creating um, change is, is, is difficult because as leaders, until we become more mature in how we do what we do, we automatically, or at least I did, I have, um, and many other leaders have, I would imagine, uh, we often enter spaces and say to ourselves, how am I going to make this thing happen? And the reality is you don't have to make everything happen, but what you do have to do once you are clear on who you are and what you bring to the table and you're clear on what it may look like that needs to happen in this space, you immediately have to survey the land. And when I say survey the land, Here's what I mean. You've got to now begin to look around you and say, in order for me to get one, two, three done and A, B, C done, I'm going to need some, some very specific people with very specific skill sets that are going to help this thing to materialize. And this, my friends, is extremely important, right? Um, I was, I was watching another uh, Instagram uh, clip just today, and uh, there was a pastor. I was listening to him. I like to listen to all kinds of leaders, both in the church and outside of the church, because I think that the, the skill sets are transferable. And this pastor, what he was saying, and I agree with him whole, wholeheartedly, he was saying, try your best not to put yourself with people that are a whole lot like you, right? Now, let me explain a, a little bit more uh, in terms of how I understood what he was saying. What he was really saying was, look, if you are going to create this change, if you are going to shift this vision and move it forward and create this mission that will drive everything that is heading in a particular direction, don't be afraid to have a bunch of different people who see how the change will be implemented around you. And let me just also say this to you, because we know uh, when we work with people, there are some people who are extroverted, some people who are introverted. We've got some people who are feeling driven. We've got some people who are numbers driven. All these different types of people, when they come together, they all have something different to 
add to the conversation because they don't look at the information the exact same way. All right, so now let me backpedal a little bit and just remind you of something that we've been talking about. This idea around your personal vision, this is what makes it so crucial. Uh, Because when you begin now to have different individuals in the room that think differently and process information a little bit different, you have to be clear on who you are or else what you may find um, will happen is uh, the idea, the vision may begin to shift a little bit in a different direction because you're not clear on why it is that you are in the room the way that you are in the room. So now when you've put all of these different people together, and listen, by the way, they don't all have to be uh, project managers, and they don't all have to be uh, in the same discipline. They have to be reasoning people who have the capacity to take what is in their mind and articulate it into sentences and paragraphs and pages so that you'll be clear on when I said what I said, how did you hear that? And Um, how you heard that, what is the way forward based on how your mind is processing that information? You know, one of the things I really like to do um, as a leader is whenever I want to roll something out um, that is different, um, that I'm not sure how it's going to be received, I just start talking about it with lots of different people who may or may not have a dog in the fight. And the reason why I do this is I want to see what the blind spots are. You know, so even though I might be like really excited because I got this thing in my mind and I've now put it uh, into a storyboard of some sort and I've laid it out and I'm very clear on what it is, I still want to hear what other people have to say, not just for the purpose of feedback, but I'm listening to what they have to say because there will always be blind spots. So again, When you have a personal vision statement that you are driven by, regardless of where you are working, here's what ends up happening ultimately. You will be able to present the most difficult of conversations, uh, the most difficult of strategic planning meetings, the most difficult of decisions that may cause you to hire or fire if you even have to do it that way, Um, inspiring people that may not want to be inspired. I mean, you're going to be able to give them a sense of hope because your brain has already racked itself around itself so that you will be clear on what it is that you are saying and doing based on where you are. Now, let me say this before we wind down and finish this conversation. It is important especially if you are able to get to the point of implementation that you take these individuals as far into the process of change as possible before you leave to ensure that it will be successful, right? So what happens is, is that in your mind, you're already thinking about the end once it started. But because most people can't get into your mind, they are usually wherever you are in the process, So as a leader, along with putting things in a writing, uh, I love charts, I love visual aids, I love all of those things, you've got to also help them to see what the end looks like, whether you are sitting in the chair of influence or not. Uh, Because there's nothing worse than getting people to buy into this change based on the vision that you know you have on your life, as well as what is being implemented, and then boom, you're gone. Um, Because remember, you've now taken them um, from a a certain 
place of stability, you've convinced them that, hey, instability right now is okay because we're going to get to somewhere where, where it will become stable again. And then now you're out before you've brought them to the other side of the lake, the other side of the sea. You've got to find a way to help them while you're going through this because you are clear. I'm in the room to do this and that and the other. They're in the room to do this, that, or the other. So working together collaboratively to make this thing happen, it won't be easy, but as long as I know what I'm bringing, I can help to bring people along with me. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was a, a full conversation, but maybe here's what I'm trying to say um, as I consolidate all of that which has been discussed so far in this particular episode. Andre's saying that we have to be clear on who we are so that we can know what pieces we also need to put around us so that we can go from idea to implementation. And even if it's not seamless, I can give those that I'm working with hope because I can see where they're going based on what I'm bringing to the table. I hope this one is a good one for you. I, I, I enjoyed recording this one um, because ultimately I think as leaders, if we're not clear on who we are, how can we lead others to become a part of the journey, a part of the change that we're trying to create, unless we can really pour some hope in them based on what we can see that has not yet been materialized. Hey, if you'd like to reach out to me, uh, bstlinc21 at gmail.com, uh, please make sure that you subscribe. Um, on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can even leave some reviews there. I would love to hear how you're enjoying this journey. And look, send this out to your friends. Um, we want to get into as many countries as possible. Right now, um, there's a reoccurring theme or conversation that's on this planet. We are trying to create a platform where change becomes a conversation that happens all the time because without change, there can be no growth. Again, my name's Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take care until next time. All right, everybody, it's time for the recap. And I hope you've enjoyed this conversation on Are You Clear? So here are the three takeaways. Number one, to make a compelling mark and provide hope, you must be clear on your vision. Number two, you've also got to be clear on who you are and what it is that you are going to bring to the table. Third, last but not least, based on your uh, current position, Help leaders in the room to see the direction to which you are headed. Thank you for joining us today. Again, this is BSTL. Have a good week.